What is up, my lovely cartel? Welcome to January 2023. Can you believe that shit? Still no fucking flying cars. Still no hoverboards. Still no fucking laser guns. It is what it is. You know, they got it all under control though, right? It's coming. Sometime. Who knows when. But anyway, today's guest is none other none other than uh, the very unique Mr. Micah Dank. And uh, I just wanted to get him on to shoot the breeze and have a casual conversation instead of him coming on another podcast and doing his routine things such as, you know, his astrotheology presentations and whatnot. We just shoot the breeze like I always do with all my guests. And it was a really good time. And uh, Micah, if you're listening, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And let's get it, Cartel. Without further ado, here's Mr. Micah Dank. And you know what we got to do. Smoke a couple joints. Have a couple beers. Relax. And enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Welcome back, Cartel, to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I have Mr... Mika Dank or is it Micah? I've heard it pronounced different ways. Micah, Micah. Micah Dank. Micah Dank in the house. I'm sure most of you listeners know who he is already. Um, Yeah, Micah. So I just wanted to get you on here and just shoot the breeze a little bit instead of you doing what you usually do, which is do like a pretty in-depth presentation. Uh, I just want to get, get you on and shoot the breeze and, you know, get to maybe get the the listeners to know you a little better, your background, like how you got involved with your path in life, so to speak. Uh-huh. So how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. This will be a nice change of pace from the usual. Yeah. For, I thought I, th- I figured it would be for you, you know, instead of, you could just kind of relax a little bit and just shoot the breeze. Right. So yeah. Yeah, man. So where were you in life when you first started like really kind of opening your eyes to all the shit that's going on in the world? Oh, that was in my like late teens, early twenties. Um, to the like astrology and astro theology that I do now that came at 30. Yeah. That was a little bit extensive in your path, right? Yeah, yeah, that really kind of changed everything. But I was I was always awake to kind of watched. Um, I always watched like Jesse Ventura's conspiracy through the worm. Oh yeah, through the wormhole, Morgan Freeman kind of stuff. I tried to just basically just soak up as much information as I could, and I did that for twenty years before I actually started teaching what I do. Right, and um, like. Were you raised in uh, a religious household at all, or no? I was raised in a very religious Jewish household. Oh, so there you go. Like, yeah. If you yeah. if you there's two paths you can go by in that manner, right? Like you can yeah. kind of question everything that you're raised on and and defrag your hard yeah. drive, so to speak. But you know, when you're it's it's funny because when you're a kid, right? When you're younger, you think that your parents have the best intentions for you, and maybe they do. Sure. It's through their lens of reality they see what they see the reality 
right in reality so they think they're doing you a favor but i can remember being nine years old and being dragged to temple and just hating it i used to leave my sister would just like run around the temple or like go into just hang out play cards and just do sorts of you know just hang out we had a lot of friends um I never really took to it. The idea of just sitting there in a cold room, like screaming to God, it never really sat well with me. Right. Since I was like nine years old. Like I knew this in my soul when I was nine. Yeah. That's, that's uh, like, I've heard that from so many different people. Like a friend of mine who I went to high school with, he was in, um, he went to church on the regular on Sundays. Right. And then after I left high school, and I further down the road, I, I got in touch with him again. And now all of a sudden he's like this totally different person in a good way, like very successful. And, you know, and I, and I asked him, what is it that happened to you? You know, he's like, well, I was in church, man, all the time, my whole life. And I just, I just started questioning things. Right. And then the next thing, you know, he's, he's out of it, but he took everything that he learned and he converted it into a more of a, much more of a spiritual uh, mindset, right? Right. As opposed to just a religious and dogmatic mindset. Well, it's interesting too, because like when I grew up, so, so check this out. When I was like 19, 20, right when I had gotten into college, I was still kind of like an atheist. Um, I, I have this thought theory that I have that I've been posing to people on my channel and just in general where I talk to people and I say the idea behind atheism is really just a rejection of what biblical God is. Sure. So it's basically, it's basically, it's not, it's not a, a thought process where you've thought all the options and weighed everything out. It's more of just a, a, a knee jerk reaction to what you see in like the Christian community. And yeah. I can totally understand that and get it, but that's not complete. That's not a complete evolution of the human psyche. Right. See, I was more I was more like that when I was 19, 20. I was an actor. I'm from New York, so I would be in Manhattan filming things. I was an actor in, in the beginning of college. I was uh, an Abercrombie store model, so I was busy with those two things for the most part. Um, and I'd been just, you know, acting and just, like, doing things in the city, going to college, not really knowing what I was going to do. And then... Um, you know, I was an acting major, even though I had gone to a very exclusive acting school in the city. Um, and I decided that I wanted to change my major to English because it would help me like read scripts better. It helped me like understand character development. Thing. So I ended up getting a degree in that. I got a degree in what's called language, literature and criticism. It's an English degree from Hunter College in Manhattan. It's a really good school for that. Um, I didn't know that that's what I'd be doing. I'd be using the language, literature, and criticism degree to criticize and, 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 and basically decode all these ancient holy texts with astrotheology. Holy shit, that's wild. It just turned out that my, my everything kind of led towards it. You don't see things at the time, but like things happen in your life for a reason. And oh, I totally agree with that for sure. Yeah, the universe has a way of just kind of uh, lining up and making sense. Um, if something doesn't make sense or it's too complicated and it still doesn't make sense, you know, Einstein said that the, um, if you don't understand some, if you, if you, hello? Yep. Einstein said that if you can't explain something to a child, you don't understand it. And I fully believe that. And that's what a lot of people that come on my channel tell me. They say, look, I've seen, I, I didn't create astrotheology. I didn't by any means, you know, I created the cipher that I use. 
And I'm probably the only one that's gone into all these ancient holy texts, not just the Bible. I just applied it to it. But um, I've, I've always been told from everyone in the comments section and people who watch my that I have a very extraordinary way of taking this extraordinarily dense and complicated topic and making it so simple that a new person, their mind can be blown with it and they could follow right along. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I heard you on uh, the Great Deception podcast like quite a while back. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, like just everything that you were like, I wasn't even seeing it, but I could listen to it and like totally grasp everything. Can you really? Because that's 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 one thing that I've always asked people, because that's why I do my PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, I'm a visual learner, you know, and it helps. But like mm-hmm. if I were to do like we're on anchor right now, you know, I can't see you. You can't see me. You can't see right. me presentation if i were to just do my presentation over the it's it always i always wonder just how much of it people can grasp on without actually seeing it so the fact that right you- but at this at the same time like i i kind of i've looked into it as well like beforehand so i have a like a general idea but w- like the way that you describe it it's like oh yep 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 you know it's like yeah. it just hits me right so you know what, what happened is when we when we call it, you know, the Saturn return, okay? Because that's what it is. Saturn takes uh, 29.5 to 30 years to return to where it is because Saturn takes 30 years to go around the sun. So basically when you astrology that you've had your Saturn return, it means you're 30. And there's a lot of people that had 30, you know, King Saul, uh, you know, at 30. King David became king at 30. Um, Ezekiel 32, 30, 30 talks about the pineal gland. Um you know, Jesus comes back at 30 as a teacher, goes back to Saturnalia worship. And it turns out that I had my awakening when I was 32. Ah, uh, uh, so did I. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just a Saturn return. People don't realize how important astrology is. And that's kind of what my work It's interesting with my work, too, because when you tell people that you're an astrologer, you know, most people don't know what astrotheology is, which is basically the mythology of the Zodiac and how it applies to the, 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 the Bible and all these ancient holy texts. But yep. you tell people that you're an astrologer, right? And immediately people, if, like for me, when I tell people that you know, I'm, an astro, I'm, an, I'm an astrologer, if that comes up. They probably think Neil deGrasse Tyson right away. No, not even that. Ast- not, no? not astronomy, not astronomy. Astrology. Okay, astrology. Oh, okay, okay, you, okay. If you tell people you're in astrology, they automatically, for starters, they assume you're gay. If you're a guy, right. you're gay. If you're into astrology, number one, because it's been oh. it's been stigmatized in such a negative way. So, what are some of your uh, tactics of kind of like, you know, breaking through that mold and trying to tell people like, I'm not like, gay, yeah. I'm not this, I'm not that. Well, I don't really care if people think I'm gay or not. I mean, I'm, I'm happily married five seven, you know, five years in March, you know, I don't, I don't really care if people think I'm gay. I would just it never bothers me. Like I'm comfortable in my sexuality where I don't give a shit what people think about me. I also right. don't think that a sexuality is a personality either. I'm trying to say they're, they're kind yeah. of nowadays. And look, you can say whatever you want about for it, whether you're against it. I don't really care to be honest with you. It's not my fight. My fight is with religion. But when it comes to the gender thing, it's just a distraction. Okay. Because what you identify yourself as, as your pronouns or your, your personality, it's not your personality. You know, what, yeah. what body part you want to lick that pees, um, is not your <laughs> it's not your personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just an instruction that they use to keep you from understanding your true nature and your true self. Yeah. They're making it so that it's like, everything is about fucking sex, man. Like yeah. it makes me think it's like all about perversion instead of like yeah. 
personality. You know, well, when I talk to people on my channel, come on. So what I did was I've been on about 550 podcasts in the last two and a half years. Um, of course, they were repeating podcasts, but I've been on maybe about 200 to 220 different shows. You know, I'm just I'm vicious when it comes to like Twitter. You know, I came up in the Twitter conspiracy community. And it's interesting, too, because I don't talk politics. My publicist told me when book one went out, my publicist told me, don't ever talk politics. And I'm thinking about it. Like Michael Jordan says, um, Republicans buy Nikes, too, or Republicans, too. Why would I alienate half the people? And I've always taken that kind of approach um, to it. That's um, a good way of thinking. It's a good headspace for sure. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of done that, you know, but um, at, at the same time, you know, a lot of this stuff is just distraction. Uh, uh, my point simply was is that I've been on a ton of shows and then finally one day six months ago I woke up and decided to make a YouTube channel because I've been studying I've been studying the Bible for 30 years I've been studying the occult for 20 the occult and esoteric and the occult in Latin just means hidden that's all hidden, the occult yeah. is nothing beautiful. and um, I've been studying astrotheology theology for going on 11 years now so that's 60 years worth of studying and things and I'm talking like three four hours a day and you just you have to read a lot and sure. I was studying all this stuff, and I decided to make a book series as soon as I discovered it, because I realized this was the key. This was it. You know, when you when you're the kind of person who starts talking to people about what the Bible means, you have to be very careful and very self aware that people don't treat you like you're a cult leader, because you right. will get some people that 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 make sense to, and then suddenly you're their guru, and I'm no one's guru. You right, know, right, right. For sure, to, dude. I'm just trying to get this information out there. It's the but, same thing with me, dude. Like as a podcaster, it's like people yeah. like kind of look up to me in daily life, like at, at work and shit. And they're like, dude, like, how do you know all this stuff? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, I just like look into stuff, man. Like I got the time to do it. So I'm going to do it. Right? Personality, I, what are my personal traits that um, it's a very prevalent part of my personality um, is that I absolutely not knowing things. Now I don't. Yeah. Look, I don't all day just look up things that I don't know and just learn them. I I've been through that. But what I do is, if someone brings up a word I don't know or something, I'll, of course I'll look into it, and then that's part of my repertoire. Because sure. I always tell people when you teach things like I do, I tell people you cannot like I'm not a mathematician, right? I'm not a I'm not a, a I'm not a mathematician. I don't do higher level quantum. So I can't think in terms of that. You know what I mean? Because it's not in my repertoire. Yeah. But the more, you know, it's the same way that like Eminem who studies the dictionary, you know, the more words that, you know, the, the, the bigger your arsenal becomes. That's kind of what I sure. Thought. You know, yeah. you have to, as Malcolm Gladwell says, you have to put 10,000 hours into uh, something to become an expert at it. And uh, that's basically what I've done. And so I basically I use my degree um, to basically decode these things with the cipher that I come up with studying astrotheology for 11 years. And. Again, like I said, when you're a person who's decoding the Bible, it's very important not to become a church leader. You know, you have to just present the information. And if people have questions, I'm very open. I give my email address out all the time. Email me with questions. Reach out to me on social media. I talk to everyone. And, um, you know, I usually send them my two and a half hour video to give them an intro. And usually it takes a few days for it to hit. But what I tell people is, Dave, you've heard you've heard me on shows before, right? You've heard me on like a ton of shows before. Yeah. Okay. That kind of stuff is really heavy to hear, especially if you were raised in the church, finding out that it was all a lie. Or if you were raised in a temple, finding out it was all a lie. And I talk about the Muslims too. I talk about, well, not the Muslims, but I talk about Islam too. 
Um, I had all this information in my brain and then astrotheology put the cake on it. And I was like, I'm going to write a book. And then one turned into two, which turned into a trilogy, which turned into six, which now turned into a nine book series. It's all the information I have. It's just, it's a syncretic, um, syncretism amalgamation of all the information that I know. And then I still had a ton left. So I started a YouTube channel and I broke my YouTube channel up into three parts. One is called short bombs where it's two to four minute videos of stuff that I know you don't know, but will blow your mind when you find out. And, uh, I have another one with interviews and I have another, uh, playlist that has, um, all my, which I think is up to like 27 or 28 videos now. So you can imagine just how many, you know, it, it, my cipher that I've come up with, you can decode everything. You know, you decode the Bible, the Apocrypha, the Nag Hammadi. Um, you, you do the, the Sumerian ancient tablets, the Epic of Gilgamesh. You do the Enuma Elish, that's Babylonian, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. You do the Code of Hammurabi. That's where we get our law system from. You do the uh, Quran, the Book of Mormon. You know, all these books everything i break down with my cipher and they can all be broken down with my cipher so this is the key to everything it's, it's like not- you found like the missing link to like decode all these books i know it sounds crazy and a lot of people that are listening to think that i'm nuts but reach out like, to me, like, me send I it. <laughs> but send me a send me a message on social media i'll send you my most pertinent video you know and and you know the thing is Dave, is that you you're familiar with the five stages of grief when you're dying? No. You've never heard of the five stages of grief? No. It's, it's denial, bargaining, acceptance, and there's two others. Okay, there's a pattern that you go through. Um, there's a pattern that you go through. It's called the five stages of grief, and you will go through that when you realize that Jesus is a solar deity, that he is no different than Osiris, that he is no different than Horus, that he is no different than... Um, right. You, you, you know, they, they, they came out with a movie called Zeitgeist a while back. And my, oh, only yeah, problem, yeah. my only problem with Zeitgeist is that it can't go far enough at all. My work blows Zeitgeist out of the water. Right. From what I understand, because I've I talk amongst the great astrotheologists and I talk to them back behind the scenes, everything, everyone supports me and loves my work because it's a, it's a fresh take on it. But um, I'm the youngest astrotheologist by like 20 years that's out there doing this. And it's starting to get noticed. Just, I'm just thrilled that it's starting to get noticed. So I would hope it would. <laughs> for what I'm it's done, a lot of fun yeah. work, man. It's a lot of it's. It's a stupid amount of work. It's ridiculous, but it keeps you busy, you know. And I always tell people, passion is not alcohol or drugs or masturbation or sex. Okay, those are just dopamine fillers. What I tell people is the option is creation. Okay, yes. creating something, creating something. That's what gives life meaning. You really have to be yep. podcast hosts like you or trying to change the world with biblical translations like me or, or things of that or writing a book series like me. It doesn't have to be that way. Creation can literally be starting a family, creating a new person, raising them, uh, create, create something, leave your mark. If you're an artist, you know, get into it. Yeah. If you're a musician, that's another, it's so fulfilling, dude. Yeah. Anything that you create and you put your time and effort into, man, it's it's it just it's super rewarding. It is, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be monetary. No, no, it's not. It's not. But I will tell you this: the the best writers, the best musicians, the best 
the best people in the world, I've come to realize this, Dave, the best people in the world are all self-taught. Okay. You're not going to get this through academia. Yes. Yep. I was self-taught on the guitar. I was self-taught on vocals, self-taught on uh, making electronic music. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty good shit, you know, and I'm proud of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, like a lot of people are like, they, they come to me, how long have you been playing guitar for? I'm like, since I was like 12, I'm 43 now. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy shit. And I'm, and they're like, they, they're like, I picked up the guitar once and I couldn't do anything with it. I'm like, well, if you, you're not going to pick up a guitar and be Eddie Van Halen in like a heartbeat, you're going to, you're going to have to put hours of dedication into that right. shit to hone your right. craft. Right. Right. It's the same thing with any create any creativity, man. The more work you put into it, the better the outcome, the better you're going to be fulfilled. Yeah. When I first wrote my first book, uh, my, my book series, guys, if you're interested, is called Into the Rabbit Hole by Micah Dank. It's a nine book series. Either out now. You have to read them in order because it's a series. It's Dan Brown, it's, uh, oh, George Orwell. That's basically the best way I can describe it. And it's all true. It's all the storyline is fiction, but all the information that I hide in. Right. That's the stuff. Yeah. And my first book took me two and a half years to write, basically, because sure. I'm always so nervous about it. I want to be absolutely perfect. And, and and then you know the books get better as you go along. My seventh book took me 19 days to write. Wow. Do you find in your works uh, of nonfiction that you have a lot of repeating information? Well, it, they're fiction. They're not nonfiction. Oh, all of them are? Yeah, it's a series. Okay. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of repeating stuff. I mean, I, I have, you know, I, I wrote one character, and that's a, that's a psychology and that's a quantum physicist, so you're going to learn about those things. I got one in there that's a, a medical school dropout, so you're going to learn stuff there, too. It's just, it's just an amalgamation of all the information that I've learned. Sweet. I have, um, I know that you're in the lodge, right? Yeah. Um, I have uh, a few friends. One of them in particular is a good friend of mine and I've had him on the show quite, quite often. Uh, He's also in the lodge and he has a band right now called uh, the Android meme. And they're putting out music that is very uh, based in like the awakening process. Right. Uh, One of the songs is called um, looking glass, which is about project looking glass and how everybody in the end unites to defeat like the evil. Right. It's right. pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, it reminds me of that Muse song, Uprising. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and that came out like like 2009, I think. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, oh. I remember specifically because I was 30 when that happened. And that song was like an anthem for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Those guys, those guys are like totally awake, man. Like they have a, a live album called Harp. <laughs> H a r h a a r p. Oh wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. Those guys, yeah, those guys are on point with lyrics, man. Say, there's a lot of musicians like in music out there. Like, there's another band that I introduced to uh, a guy that I have coming on the show soon from um, uh, what's the podcast called now? Um, his name's Bo Diggles, and he has a podcast, and it's called something Question Everything. I forget. Forgive me, Bo, right now. Shit. Cause I just met him on online and I'm going to get him on, but I introduced him to introduced him to a band called uh, killing joke. And these guys, they were big in the eighties 
and they influenced Nirvana and a bunch of other bands. And um, anyway, they back in the 80s, they moved to Iceland in anticipation of the apocalypse. Because <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild, man. Like they're like they're very on point with lyrics. Like there's a song called um uh Total Invasion. And it's like all about how it's there's so much truth in these lyrics in one shot that it just blows your mind. Like the average listener yeah. wouldn't get it, but people who are awake will get it totally, right? And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I feel about musicians. Like I'm, I'm good friends with the rapper Chutzika, um, and uh, just one minute song. He does what I can do in a book in a four minute song. It's crazy. Right, I love that. You just condense everything into one badass tune. Right, I love that shit, man. Like I, I just I love music so much that like when I hear uh, a band that speaks truth through music, which is why I listen to a lot of metal because a lot of metal musicians are very awake and to what's going on. Like, for example, let's talk, let's, let's take Slayer, for example, right? If you listen to their music, the average person would be like, oh my God, these guys are devil worshipers. You know, they have songs, they have an album called Repentless and this and that, and they're of the devil. The fucking lead singer is a Catholic and he's just trying to expose all the sh- all the evils in the world by using music as a vessel right Right. he's not like he's not like talking about devil worship because he's doing it he's just exposing it right i do in my book series the fiction series yeah you know i have the writing background i come from a family of writers and um when i would i would look into things I, i i started studying writers and i started studying their styles and i started studying things and i realized that I could write nonfiction books, but then it kind of pigeonholes your audience just to people looking for that exact particular topic. And it doesn't usually go big, but if you write a fiction series, you get like Huxley, you get like Mark Twain, you get like um, um, George Orwell, Philip Jules Verne. Like these people taught truth. Fiction. That is how you reach the masses. So when I realized that, that's when I decided to write the book series the way that I did. Right. And you, you really enjoy doing it, I imagine. Oh, it's it's so freeing because I can write whatever I want and my publisher will right. publish. And so the, uh, I, I have to check out your work, your, your books. Um, but do you have like a main character in that's like in all the books? Well, they all do. So it basically it turns into basically a team of six. Um, uh, one of them is my main character, Graham. He's a... Uh, a uh, drop out of harvard medical school who ends up becoming awake to everything um i have a character np he's uh, a mensa kid i have uh, a character named jackson he's a quantum physicist i have rosette she's a psychologist and very far along in it i have um Marissa. she's basically an mit computer geek so like you like i i put all the stuff that i know about these topics in the books so that like you learn as well, right? And hopefully, it teaches people about truth. Even people that like would pick up your book, that's like an average person that's not awake or whatever. Hopefully, they'll look well, at it. Holy shit! Right? They'll read it and they'll be like, "Oh, this kind." Of- 
heard a lot of anagrams and cryptograms. I, Dan Brown was a huge influence. So right. I, I basically, I, I took his style, not his exact work. We're all basically, all basically taking from the same pool of resources. Sure. So there is some overlap, but yeah, no, I, I basically. Yeah, but there's there's no fucking there's no shame in that because like, look at musicians for example. There's so many riffs that have been copied or like like guitar riffs or or even like certain lo- like lyrical lines, right? But you can make it your own. That's the thing. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of music, hold on a sec. There was a. Uh... What do you call it? There was a guy that created an AI. That basically the AI, through its infinite wisdom and, and crazy amount of memory that it has, created every single riff that could be possible on Earth ever through all the music so that nobody could ever sue for copying a riff again. Oh, my God. I yeah. have I've not heard of that. Is there like a video about that or you can look it up? Just um... yeah, that's that's wild, man. Yeah, he created his AI basically generated every type of algorithm, every type of note sequence that you can put, and um, yeah, people can't do that anymore. I mean, if you take from like an artist's directly, that's one thing. Yeah, but like if you come up with a brand new riff. Like that's already been figured out, so you can't sue anybody. Right, right. And music can only go so far. I mean, like there's there's only so many possible combinations that you can fuck with. You know what I'm saying? To come up with something you think is unique or whatever, right? Right. And like even all the chord structures and everything, there's so many different possibilities. Like there's, but it's finite in the end, right? What it, what main what the main thing uh, is that you you make a certain sound as your own, and then you can take any fucking riff you want and make it sound like yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you go outside for a smoke? Yep, <laughs> I do it. I heard you, you slamming your pack like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So. Um, how long ago did you get into the lodge? Uh, you know, it's funny. It was one of the podcasts that I did. Um, I was on a show called The Daily Transcendence. And there was a guy that was listening to it, and he reached out to me on social media. Mm-hmm. He was like, I love what you say. Um, you know, I'm a mason. I'm a lodge. I'm in a lodge, you know, two towns over from here. I'd like to come check it out. So I thought about it for a long time. And because a lot of people have negative things to say about the world, the world and everything. And then I saw a video. Sure. I saw a video from uh, KRS-One, the rapper, where he basically yeah. takes down masonry and the Illuminati. And it's not what it seems. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a chance. You know, I'm in it now. I'm a 32nd. And, you know, it's not evil. There's, there's really, I haven't seen anything like that. And Right. The funny thing is, is that with astrotheology and everything, I've already lectured the Grand Lodge in Manhattan, like the lodge that runs everything. And yeah. I've, always, I've already given my presentation to I'm teaching people this. You know, I went in there thinking that I was going to be blown away by all their esotericism. And there's a lot there if you think about it, but it's not up my alley quite exactly. Um, mm-hmm. It's just taught me to be a better person. Sure. 
Yeah, and basically, uh, Stefano, shout out to Stefano, who is in the front man for the Android meme. Uh, he told me, like, there's good and bad people. I had this conversation with my friend earlier today when we were out driving. I said, there's good and bad people in every fucking group, no matter yeah. like what religion, no matter what uh, social club or whatever. It's mm-hmm. going to be good and bad people. And like, I, I honestly don't think that I, I, you know, I questioned Freemasonry and all that because of all the shit that I've seen. But at the same time, it's like Stefano's a fucking cool guy, you know? Mike is a cool fucking guy. It's not like they're out murdering people or like having sex with kids or anything, you know? It's like, so, but some people are doing people that. And people, probably... anyway, people who have listened to me, people who follow my work, I'm like, look, I'm very open. I'm like, look, with everything that I know, do you think I would find something that's nefarious? Right. That's right. Like, I just don't understand, like, the whole mentality of, like, the Freemasons are fucking evil. They're of the devil. They worship Lucifer. Whether they know it or not, they're worshiping the devil. And it comes down to each individual person, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. You got to judge. Yeah. It's it's in the Bible. They say the tree by its fruits. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I just, I just find so many people are so, even in the truth community, people are getting dogmatic about certain things. Yeah. And well, that, that's every group and every religion, people get dogmatic about things. They like, they get over opinionated and they can't be, they can't be swayed in another direction. Right. Well, it's funny. I talk to people because I don't talk politics. Right. But I've mm. done, you know, almost 600 shows in the years and I would say 90% of them, um, they're truther podcasts, that's for sure, but they're people on the right. Now, these tend to be people who hold religious ideology, not the left. So you would think the left would be more interested in what I'm saying, which is very anti-religious, explains what everything is, but that's not the case. They don't give me a platform. It's usually only the conspiracy theorists on the right that ever give me a platform. Right. Yeah, so the, the religious people hold on to those ideologies and they can't be swayed anyway because they're, like I said, dogmatic. They can't, they can't defrag their hard drive. You know, they don't want to, I, there's a lot of Christians that I spoke to and it's like, no, you have to close your mind, not open it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, like that's in the Bible, one of the verses, I think it's in Psalms, it says, Trust in God with all your your own understanding. That's fucking yeah. dangerous. Yeah. See, uh, two episodes ago, I think. Yeah, two episodes ago, I had Todd Cave on, and he says there's multiple gods in the Bible. And let me know your thoughts on this. There's multiple gods in the Bible that claim that they are the Lord. And that's mm-hmm. where the confusion comes in. You have to know the attributes of a loving creator, and that's love, truth, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? Now, if you have a God in there that claims he's the Lord and he says, dash thy ch- child's head upon the rocks, is that a fucking loving God or not? That's right. one of the it's false like gods, that, right? What you have to understand is the Christians are the ones like God is omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's mm-hmm. infinite. And the second they tell you he's infinite, you have to tell them, well, you know, there's evil in the world. You know, there's people. You know, if God is infinite, how is anything apart from the infinite? It can't be. 
So the idea is basically in, in, in Isaiah 45, um, God literally says it. He says, I create the light and the dark. I create the good and the evil. I the Lord, all these things. Because every... Right. So, so these Christians, they think that they're going to die and they're going to stand separate from an infinite being. Well, you're part of infinite. You're part of the infinite. Right. You know, how are you going to stand before someone and be judged? It is. These are just temporary suits that we have on Earth. That's all it is. Sure, sure. What are your thoughts on the afterlife then? What do you think happens? I, I think you just merge back in. I think you just merge back into the infinite. Um, I think you keep your memories. I think that you'll get up to uh, past lives and future lives, memories too. Because when we come to Earth, we end up with amnesia. You got to think about it like right. this. You have to think about it like this. If God is infinite, right? Everything is a part of the infinite. Okay. So what are you going to do if you're everything? You're, what are you going to read a book? What are you going to talk to somebody? You're going to learn something new? No, every part of you. The only explanation for how creation even exists, why we exist, the way that we exist, is because we're all part of God. And we come here with amnesia, forgetting who we are. In order to experience everything subjective, so ah, I like that. That's the purpose of creation, right there. That's the purpose. Yeah, of creation. the purpose of creation. Because if you're already part of the infinite, then you know everything—the good, the bad, everything. But if you want to experience yourself separate into thinking that you're not a god, or that God is not you. And every time people have an issue with this, God does not. You point them to that verse, and then you tell them, "Listen, you guys are the ones. You guys are the ones that said God is infinite. Right? Ooh, God is infinite. Okay. How anything is outside of infinite? You know, right? You things like you know, a Snapple bottle or an empty pack of cigarettes. Well, that must be part of God too. And people have a struggle with that. Think about it. Um, the string theory, right? Um, in quantum physics, everything vibrates. Now, 6,000 years before string, Hermes or Tulth, okay, who came up with the quantum hermetica. And the third principle of Hermes, the third hermetic principle, is everything rests. I mean, nothing rests, everything vibrates. So everything yes. vibrates, everything is made of energy. So everything energy. is part of the one thing. You tell this to people and they think you're god i go i'm not i don't think i'm god i know that i and everything in the everything is god yeah including you who are questioning me exactly and that's what people yeah. forget. these are people and and when you're talking about atheists it's even funnier because these are who are god exists so that's yeah. just another experience for god so you basically merge a supercomputer that holds all this information all this is is basically us having conversations with a different version of ourselves, correct? Because the total amount of consciousness that exists in the universe is one. Quantum used to say that string theory was the most cutting edge. That was 20 years ago. Now, the most cutting edge quantum physics says that um, now, right now, the most cutting edge quantum physics says that the universe is conscious. Well, of course it is. Of course the universe is conscious. Everything is conscious. Just because everything doesn't have a brain and can have sex and can talk and choose their gender or whatever, that doesn't mean it is not part of the one. Right. You know? The, it doesn't mean humans aren't the most special fucking people, you know? Not even, not even close. But everything is part of the infinite. And then people, you know, you tell the Christians, you're like, look, you said God. 
explain how something exists outside of infinity. Explain that. Right. And when they can't, they usually have a meltdown. Um, and then that's where this work starts to tie in. Because if you read the Bible literally, you're going to have a problem. Because you're going to have Christians and Catholics use called apologetics, which is a way right. of how donkeys talk, how the snake talked in the Garden of Eden. Um, and like and like I said earlier, dashing the, the kids' heads upon the rocks. Yeah. But you have to realize that even the evil is a part of God because nothing is outside the infinite. That's why right. they tell you in Isaiah 45, 7, he creates the light and the darkness, the good and the evil. Everything, everything is part of God. Everything. Even the people you don't like doing horrible things. It's a, it's an and that is a problem for people. People do not yes. like feel that God is not forever loving and this and that. That's for sure. But when you're talking about, um, for example, the the infinite like that, you're talking about the good versus the evil, you have to realize that what was everything that was good? Well, that would be when God created the angels in heaven. What did they do? They blew the trumpets and they sang God's praises all day. The need to create mankind, Right. And he loved them more than he loved the angels. Okay, so when everything is good, see, the good and the bad have to exist together because one does not, you, you cannot have one without the other. In fact, oh. everything was good in heaven until Lucifer rebelled. This is the story. Now, before anyone calls me a Luciferian or a, um, or a Satanist, I want to explain this to you real quick. I reject both of those. And it has nothing to do with the Bible or God or because they're evil or what we, we've been taught, they say. The reason I reject Satanism and Luciferianism so intently is because in their commandments, and they literally have this in the Satanic uh, commandments that uh, Anton, Anton LaVey came up with, is that it is a worship of the self. It is a worship of the self. Oh. Real Satanists do not believe um, in, in Satan. They don't. It's a right. worship itself. It's it's the humanistic approach, and I reject that wholeheartedly because what I say is better yourself on Earth, be the best person that you can be, then give your life to others. So that's what I say. I say you know give your. That's why you know with my series, I have um, I have a kids book series for I have a kids book for six to eleven year olds on astrotheology called A's for Aries. You know, I've written all these books. I've done. I'm just trying to wake people up. You know, yeah. when, you, when you find out that you're a part of God, when you find out that you're part of the infinite, and it clicks. When that part clicks in your head, you realize that you are eternal, you are infinite, you are loved, and you're driven. To That's why I reject Satanism because it just tells you to live for yourself. Don't do that. Yeah, it's uh, you're more of an altruistic kind of person. I mean, I'd like to think so. I've been an author, to be honest with you. I'm more of an astrotheologist. I just had a story that I had to tell. Right. But this goes back to like creating creation, right? Like you create yeah. something in order for others to come to the realization, right? Absolutely. So Look, that's you, you cannot, what, what, what one, Dave, one thing you have to understand is you cannot wake people up if they're not ready. No, no I, I, I like that now for sure. It, it doesn't even matter if they're family or wife, friends, brothers, sisters, kids. It doesn't matter. We're all on our own individual journey. And when you realize that, yep. when you realize that you don't have to drag someone with you and you can just 
evolve as a human with your own understanding and are in their life. That's okay. They're on their own journey. But when you're working on your, you realize that you can, you can soar to the moon. You can, yeah. you can soar to the moon and you can really change people's lives. That's what I like to tell people that I've demystified and I remove religious guilt. How many people have reached out to me privately? <laughs> and I had, me, uh, yeah, I had uh, Stefano on, the, I think the first time he came on, I titled the episode Demystifying Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. because people get the wrong impression of it. And I want people to open their minds to the fact that it's like you said, it's not evil. Right. I mean, look, look, what's a secret society do? You know, you're talking about like the world economic forum. You're talking about um, the Tavistock Institute. You're talking about um, the world economic forum. You're talking about all those, all those secret societies. Balances and that these are invite only. You know, you could literally mm-hmm. walk up to the door of any Masonic Lodge. They'll do. Is they'll ask you three questions. They'll say, have you ever been convicted of a felony? They'll say, do you believe in an ever-loving God? That's one of the questions. They won't let you in if you're an atheist. I don't know mm-hmm. if people know that. They don't let atheists in. Um, you have to believe in God, whatever way that you are. And um, that's basically a sign an investigative community, uh, committee where three of the brothers in the lodge will actually just like interview you and pepper you with questions. And they bring you, they come to your house and they ask you that. And they do that for two reasons. Number one, they do it to find out who you are. They, they try and vet you, obviously. And then the other reason they do that is because they want your wife at home to know, because it's an all guys thing. They want your wife at home to know that you're not part of a Satanistic club. Right. So if the wife has any questions, she can ask them and they can answer them the best of their ability. So it's very misleading, you know. I've, I've, like I said, I went in there expecting to be blown away by esoteric knowledge. I ended up teaching the esoteric knowledge in my lodge, but some of the tenements that they go by um, really, really helped me as a human being. You know, people always want to talk about things that you can do to ascend, and I tell them do a couple of things. <clears throat> to raise your chrism, to activate your pineal gland. I tell people to do a couple of things. I say avoid fluoride at all costs. I tell people to to look at a candle. If they don't want to meditate, look at a candle, a non-scented candle for 30 minutes a night. Their blood pressure will go down, down uh, you down into some... uh, Specifically, I believe specific... I've read into this a bit before. uh, Specifically, the tip of the, the flame? Yeah. Yeah. As it dances, yeah, it's it's a meditation. It's it's called fire gazing. That's why when you sit next to a bonfire or you build a fire, it's very calming and peaceful because it's activating. It's cleaning your your third eye. And I tell people to do other things. I tell people to quit out. Now I'm not going to tell you you can't drink. Like do whatever you want. I'm not your guru. Yeah, you know. But I'm telling you, if you want to ascend, if you really want to be the best version of yourself, alcohol, and you got to quit pornography. You got to quit masturbating. Uh, as and I'm people, pouring another beer. Yeah, <laughs> that there's people that abuse it there's people that don't but alcohol comes from al cool which is arabic which means mind body spirits that's why they're called because what yeah. alcohol does it lowers your vibration so you don't raise your vibration it lowers your vibration and it brings you to your reptilian brain okay what what, what do animals do you animal when you're drunk what do animals right. do they think three things they think of food fucking and sleeping that's it that's all you think about yeah yeah that's it 
So it brings you down to your reptilian midbrain, and then you have to deal with all the things afterwards. You know, so on to ascend, you have to learn how to control your thoughts. Oh, absolutely, for sure. But everybody, everybody has their vices, right? But as, if you're not abusing it, I think it's okay. Yeah, everyone has their vices, and that's fine. Again, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm only sharing with you what has worked for me and what I have learned through my research. Sure. If you want to take it, take it. Like I mentioned to you, Dave, when you get into the business of decoding the Bible and explaining to people what the Bible really says, it's been done a billion times, and you have to make sure that, one, you're not starting a cult. So you have to keep everybody in check. Um, and two, you have to be extraordinarily careful. Um, I guess it's really just that, to be honest with you. You have to tell yourself constantly, you know, does this make, this make sense? And I've had so many people tell me that my views, my interpretation of the Bible and right. other ancient holy texts makes more sense to them than the way they've been taught. Yeah. So as long as I have that constantly reinforced, that it makes the problem, sense. Yeah. The problem I have with Christians is that they like, I have two problems, okay? I have the problem that, oh, the Holy Spirit will tell you what the Bible says. Well, that goes back yeah. to that phrase in Psalms. Lean not on your own understanding and trust in God with everything. And right. I just put you that. But it's, it's, it's and the other the other problem I have is when people claim they hear Jesus's voice. Yeah, that well, doesn't sit well with me. You have to understand too is that a lot of these people who fall into religious trap, they have an activated um, gene in their in their in their body makeup called the VMAP two gene, the VMAP two gene, and what it is is it if you have more likely to fall into religious uh, experiences because the people who snake handle and the people who have these things, their brains light up on an fMRI machine like they're having real experiences, but it's it's dangerous because it's not it's not the, it's not truth. you know what I'm trying right. to say it's not truth, but they're having real experiences. like when you pray, you know they do they do um, like I said, they do fMRI uh, scans where they basically um, check what parts of your brain line up when you're praying and they have real experiences but it's the vmat2 gene for the most part that gets people to that level and in fact there were some closed door pentagon sessions that were leaked a while back um, not not a while back but it's, it's at least 10 years old i can tell you that much it's at least 10 years old because i remember seeing it 10 years ago but it's basically is VMAT 2 gene, and they were trying to find a way to weaponize it in order to use it against the Muslim community. Oh my god. In order to like deactivate it. So what was the out the outcome of that? Uh... I, don't, I don't think anything ever happened, but you know that if something, yeah. gets, if something gets leaked, you know that what you think is cutting edge and shouldn't have been leaked, you know they're 30 years ahead of that anyway. Oh, for sure. For sure. Dude, how are, how are your dreams... Are you a dreamer? I am. I am. And uh, ever I, since I ever I, since I quit everything, I have um, I, I so I usually like I wake up a couple times in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. 
because I, I drink a lot of fluids throughout the night. So I pee a bunch of times. Night, but it'll I always wake up from a dream and like I'll, I'll remember it right away. And then maybe like remind me something during the day. But you have to understand something is, is that the people that you see in okay and people who have near-death experiences that see jesus or their family members that's not what they're actually seeing you have to understand that is that um beings come to you in either one of two ways okay in a near-death experience or in a dream okay the dream is not actually that person in fact you can't even make up a new vision in your a new person in your brain because your brain can't create a new thing in your mind so if you in your mind think you're seeing a person that you've never seen before it's it's like an amalgamation of other people that you've experienced it is that and you've also seen them before but do you, you ever wonder why so many people see jesus during near-death experiences it's because things that come to visit you come to visit you in forms that either calm you down or like demons that excite you and and, and upset you these are these are these are what carl Jung called the archetypes Right. So what are your dreams like? Do you have like a lot of vivid dreams? Um, or lucid dreams? Because or... I dream I every really, night. I don't, people I don't, people, I don't, I don't people tell ever... me I dream. And I'm like, what? Well, I, I you know, the, the, Dave, the truth of the matter is 50% of the population, you have a voice in your head, right? Like you have an inner monologue. Yeah. Okay. Half of the people in the world don't have that. There's I find people, that hard to fathom. Half the people in the world, if you ask them if they think they're on, half of the people in the world have a blank head and they, or it's a surprise to them. I've had so many people like this message me and email me and tell me that's what they go through. Very detailed. And it's about 50% of the people that are basically NPCs. That's insane, dude. Yep. So when you're talking about like bots or when you're talking about like a holographic universe, this is what you're talking about here. And even where I work, dude, I swear like 90, 90% of the people that come and go, it's like, there's, they're, they're like soulless people and they have no consideration for anybody else. And people it's... walking around. There's people walking around, and there was a girl that went to a second story. This made actually the news, so. uh, and it, it was like the underground news, but nonetheless, um, she went to the doctor thinking that she was schizophrenic, and they realized that she just had an inner monologue. That's all it was, and it was wow. a news. Yeah. An absurd amount of people. I talked to my friend Lisa, who is one of my uh, biggest supporters. Um, she sends me information on this. We talk about this all the time. Um, dude, there's a lot of people out there that don't have an inner monologue. They basically just come from place to place, and then they just kind of wing it. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Because we're all incarnated into this vessel, right? So we are. from yeah, so we all should have that kind of capacity or trait. I, I don't mean, understand it. Yeah, I, I dude, I believe me, this has been blowing my mind for a while. I can't wrap my head around it, but it's a fact. Yeah, like you're blowing my I've, mind right I've now. Like I just like talked, right now. I've I've literally talked to people. People have emailed me. 
who listen to my stuff, <laughs> who have told me, this is them, this is what a day in their life is like. And I just read it and my jaw hits the ground. I'm like, I usually don't get like this, but I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words right now. Like, yeah. I... Yeah. Like, I, if you... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I usually, I usually have that happen during my interviews. People usually, like I, I, I live in an apartment building and I work at a very heavily populated area. I never mention where I work on my show. I do on other shows, but um, I encounter a lot of people where I'm like, hey, how are you? And there's a blank stare and no response. Yeah. These are NPCs, dude. And I'm like, how do you get through the day without saying hi to your fellow human being? I assume it would probably, if I had to think about it on the spot, think about it as somebody who basically has like short term. You know, mm-hmm. or maybe you write down what you have to do and then you just keep looking at it or something. Or if you've ever seen the movie Memento with Christopher Nolan and Guy yes. Pierce, things like yes. that. You know, they filmed it backwards. Memento was one of the best movies I've ever seen, the way it was filmed. The, the, I have the, to watch it again. It, when I first watched it, I was like, whoa, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And it's got uh, Carrie Adam, Carrie Ann Moss, and it's got Joe Pantoliano, who were both in The Matrix, too. On The Matrix, yep. The Matrix, right? This is what it is. We're in The Matrix right now. Why the world, I mean, the universe is so absurdly, like, outrageously large. Okay? I can't remember saying fuck space or any of that kind of stuff. I don't care if it's like that. I'm just talking about what they, you know, they say that the universe is 15 or 14 point old. And um, the universe is 93 billion years across. Well, how is that possible? Well, you have to understand what time dilation is. But basically, why it's so absurdly big is because it's not a physical location. In quantum physics, you have something called um, spooky action at a distance, where basically, or that's what Einstein called it, where it's basically you have two entangled particles, right? And you separate of the world and one to the other side of the world or to the universe you 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 fuck with one of them and then the other one responds instantaneously as if there's no space across because yes illusion. yes i've heard i've heard this theory yeah yeah space and time is an illusion i don't think it's a theory i think it's a fact but uh hmm. yeah I, dude what do you think about like all the shit that we grew up watching, like sci-fi and all that shit, it's all possible, right? But do you think that, like, you're a couple years older than me, so you were probably into some stuff that I that I wasn't. But you're thirty. You're thirty-one. I'm thirty-nine. Well, thirty-nine. Okay. So yeah. So, but I, but yeah, I like, that, like I, all these things, like teleportation and invisibility and all that shit. Do you think that, like, that's that's what we were meant to be doing, or? science fiction science fiction is literally just you know how they say a conspiracy theory is basically uh, a conspiracy theory to truth is basically alex jones plus six months yeah yeah okay it's the same thing with this it's the same exact thing with this it's just basically you know um the, the the movie soylent green takes place in 2022 yes you know, it's like, it, it's like, you know what I tend to think? Here, here's what I tend to think. I don't think, so people talk, 
come up to me and they'll be like, what about the book of Revelation? You know, Revelation scared me. Revelation did this. Revelation is truth. I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that happens at all, okay? Because my cipher that I've come up through my work shows that it's all in the, all the text from a 5,500-year-old tablet to the Quran to the Book of Mormon. It's all, it's the same, it's the same cipher. And oh. in fact, I just did the, the book one and two of Samuel today. I'm going through the Bible and I'm decoding each chapter and I'm putting it on YouTube channel. Um, you have to understand is if this code, which it is, <coughs> is an ancient book up until now, then that must mean that the people who wrote all this are the same people who are still in control. So what you can do when you come up with a revelation, um, an end of the world scenario like that, where all these kind of things happen. Okay, it's not the prophecies being fulfilled. It's the elites that write this stuff and control the universe and control the world. They're tailoring events in order to make it seem like it can be interpreted as coming true in the books. Do you see the difference? Yeah, for sure. That's what I. That's what I've come to uh, accept in the past few years, it's like these people are manipulating the book to a certain degree where they are so in control that they can manipulate the weather, all that shit and make it seem like an apocalyptic scenario. Right. <clears throat> but in reality, it's already been done. It's already fucking written. It's, right. you know, it's a long fucking game. These people are playing. And I, I like to call, the, I like to call the elites as a whole, as a conglomerate, as Satan, because Satan is the opposer, right? Well, the it's opposer not, to humanity. It's not, it's not, the actual definition of Satan is the accuser. The accuser. There you go. And so how do you think that actually, plays? Actually, Satan, Satan, Satan in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for Satan, Shatan, literally just yeah. means adversary. It just means adversary. So adversary, like, yeah. Like Dave, if like I played a pickup game of basketball with you, like we're Satan's to one another. Yes. Right. But as a as a huge like you know, expanding on that, it's like the people who control everything are Satan. Right. Because they do not have your best interest at heart. No, they don't. And in the Bible, it says that Satan comes as an angel of light, which this whole COVID nonsense. Well, it's not even that. Like, he's the angel of light. That's why people confuse Satan and Lucifer, even though they're not the same thing. See, I well, talk yeah, about, I, I talk about this in my work, too. Satan is adversary or the accuser. Lucifer uh -huh. is the light bringer. Okay? Right. And in astrotheology, Lucifer is the light bringer. So he brings the light. In Genesis, God says, let there be light. Well, how can you have light without the light bringer? So Lucifer is immediately mentioned in the Bible, if not by name, but by action and, and what he's doing. But he's the light bringer. He brings the light. Lucifer. Lucifer is also Venus in astrotheology. Well, why Venus, is yes. Lucifer Venus? Everybody's heard about Lucifer being Venus. Why is Lucifer Venus? Well, out in the morning, as the sun's starting to crown, Right, and starting to come back up. If you look above it, you'll see a bright light. That's Venus. It announces the arrival of the sun, the light mm -hmm. of the world, God's only begotten sun, the light of the world. 
every single morning. And in fact, it goes even further than that because Lucifer also has a pentagram, right? For the fact that the pentagram in the early Christians, the early Christians, I'm talking about like before the Council of Nicaea, um, around the time of the Synod of Jamnia in 100 AD, the early Christians, one were known as Helios, and Helios means sun in Greek. Just means knowers. They were sun knowers. They were sun worshippers. Aside from that, um, the pentagram used to represent the five points of execution of Jesus. Two in the wrist, one in the feet, the spear on the side, and the crown of thorns. That's five injuries. Mm -hmm. So the pentagram used to be for early Christians, but then it got inverted and perverted. But what really is the pentagram? Well, we're talking about Lucifer being Venus, right? Well, if you take the pentagram and well not, well, not the pentagram. If you take Venus and Earth. It's all elemental, it, right? Well, Venus and Earth, as it rotates around in one year's time, they almost connect at five points. You connect those five points in the pattern, that's the pentagram. So Lucifer is Venus. In fact, a lot of people that, that are against masonry talk about third-degree mason and how he was talking about Lucifer in his book. Well, he only mentioned Lucifer once. And when he did mention him, he was mentioning him as Lucifer as Venus. See, what I also do is the, the, the fear of hell and everything away from you with my work. But what I do is demystify Lucifer, Satan, Baphomet, all this kind of stuff. So that you know there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about. These are just Jungian archetypes. Right. So, oh, so, oh, so what are your thoughts on hell then? So hell is winter. Hell is winter on Earth. The Italian... <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because I've been saying to everybody, like, when it gets, like, super cold here, because yeah. I'm up in Canada, right? Uh, I tell people, I'm like, I'm pretty sure fucking uh, hell is an inversion. I say, because yeah. well, I can't you. fucking I can't tolerate the fucking cold. I can tolerate the heat. Right. But I say to people, like, I'm pretty sure hell is frozen and it's not hell. I, I'm well, pretty sure it's inverted. I'll tell you why. Um, the word for hell is supposed to be a flaming inferno, right? Well, what happens with a flaming inferno? Well, that question. You're a human being. How do you sense pain? It's with your nervous system. It's your nerves. It's your spinal cord, central nervous system, your brainstem, right? That's how you sense pain. So when you die and you get rid of all that stuff and you shed it and you're still your spirit, how are you going to burn in fire if you're just a spirit? Right. Something that happens in our dimension. The other it doesn't make too, sense, yeah. The other thing, too, is, is that hell is winter. The word inverno means winter. They just became inferno. In fact, in Dante Alighieri's The Divine, the bottom layer of hell, the bottom layer of hell, Satan is frozen up to his waist. It's a desolate wasteland. <laughs> the bottom absolutely frozen over. Because, and, and the metaphor in it is that Lucifer is wait, um, Satan is waving his wings so hard freezing the lake that he's in so he's up to his belly he's got three mouths he's chewing on brutus cassius and judas right so dante knew that hell was winter and i mean there's 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 other ways too and it's just you know that's 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 all it really is you know um and from you know, what i understand uh check this sorry, out in the, in the bible check this out they say there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So they'll be wailing, they'll be screaming. When you know, just when do you gnash your teeth? When do you chatter your teeth? Is it in yeah. the winter or is it in the summer? See, it's all there. Look, 
Right. There's so many things that come into my brain, dude, that I'm just like, like lately, the past few years, it's just so like, I can't even, I don't even know where it comes from. But it's like, yeah. I'm getting all these things. Like, for example, what we're, what we're talking about right now, I'm pretty sure hell is frozen and not fucking fire and brimstone, you know? It is, Dante. Like, I didn't fucking, like, that didn't come from me. It's just like, it's, it's, it's just a, a thought that came to me because I fucking hate winter and I hate the cold, right? right. And I can tolerate summer no matter how hot it is. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure fucking winter isn't, uh, is hell and it's not fucking the summer you know well where are you again canada yeah i'm near toronto oh you gotta get out of there oh dude it's fucking horrible dude i'm telling you trudeau wef it's insane yeah there's no there's not going to be anywhere anywhere for us to go because they're going to take over everything man what are your thoughts on the NWO? Do you think that, like, and the Antichrist and all that stuff? Like, there's so much I want to ask you. My, my brain's going all over the place. Um, well, the AI, a- AI is trying to simulate God on Earth, right? I think AI is the Antichrist. Um, so, the Antichrist is actually what it actually is is literal Christianity. It's taking Christianity literal. Because it was never meant to be taken literally. Oh, man. The best way I can explain this to you is that Jesus is an astrotheological, anthropomorphic allegory of the sun going through the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell talks about through the 12 signs of the Zodiac. That's all any of these ancient sciences, I mean, any ancient holy books have ever been about. unreal even in like like i'm a huge gamer and i'm a huge nintendo fan like i love zelda the legend of zelda and link is the the christ figure right link is he comes he comes down he's he's reincarnated every fucking game to save the princess and you go through the hero's journey through all the dungeons and all that to save the princess right link was more of a pleiadian character to be honest with you Explain. So the Pleiades, the Pleiadians, are people who uh, come from the Pleiadian. They're known as the Seven Sisters, made of stars. That's why there's the mention seven in the Bible a bunch of times. Because things. Well, actually, it means one of three things. It means the Pleiadian, the Seven Sisters. It means the seven chakras, um, or it means the seven planets they knew about at the time. Whereas we know that there's nine now. And I still call Pluto a planet because when you astrology, you realize it has a lot to do with your personality. Um, sure. But basically, the Pleiadians are looked are shown like Link looks. Very similar. Yeah, I could see that for sure. That's pretty wild. So what are your thoughts on the flat Earth then? Bullshit? I don't give a shit about flat Earth. I'll tell you why I don't give a shit about Flat Earth. Um, it's, it's important to understand why I don't give a shit about Flat Earth. I care about Flat Earth because when I talk conspiracy, 
talk about things, I talk about things that I can prove or I have overwhelming evidence with. Okay? Number one, I don't care about flat earth because it's too divisive. Because people, like, no one will get angrier than you than a flat earther who's, who you don't believe in. Oh, for sure, dude. No for angry. sure. No one gets angrier. Not the JFK thing, not 9 11. No, it's the flat earthers that get the most. The reason I don't give a shit about flat earth is because um, it serves no purpose. <clears throat> because if you think about it, what is the end game? Like, at least with my books and everything, I'm trying to educate people and teach them where they came from, where they're going, and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's an end game, there's a purpose to this. What's the purpose to finding out? Like, let's say one of them has to be right. Yeah. Assuming that the Earth isn't like donut shaped or toroidal field shaped or whatever. Let's or just assume that, Yeah, let's just let's assume that it's either flat. What does knowing that get you? Does that does that help you in any way? No, it doesn't. It's just another thing to just argue about. Very true. It's very true. I play a uh, uh, Call of Duty a lot, uh, and I have a friend who's a flat earther on there, and he's always trying to like convince people about flat Earth. And I'm like, dude, it's like, it's it's not something that like it's something that you can be open to, but at the same time, like with every fucking conspiracy theory that I look into. I don't believe any of it, but I believe it at the same time. So I, I can I could be swayed either way, but at the same time, I don't grasp onto one <clears throat> certain ideal and then go with it all the way because I think that's when you become dogmatic about stuff. Yeah, I, I, tell people, I just tell people I just tell people it's not my fight. That's not my fight. I know. Yeah, that's not my fight. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll jive. I'll I'll jab somebody sometime because i have a friend who's like all into space and stuff right and i'm like dude what about flat earth he's like flat earth is fucking bullshit he's, it's all about space look at all the satellites put up there and I'm like yeah well you can question it though he's like no i'm not questioning it but i keep jabbing at him right like he sends me space videos and i'm like yeah but space is fake right <laughs> he just laughs right <laughs> i don't even get involved with people like that when, when people are like the movie yeah, when people you know when people the moon is this, the moon is that, I go, Oh, you actually believe in a moon? You know, I just take it one step nuttier and then I go away. Right. Like I heard theories about the moon, like how it could be like a satellite from an alien race that was put here because people say the moon wasn't here all the time. I'll let somebody else make that argument. It's it's interesting to me though. It's something that I like to like, you know, look into. But at the same time, I'm not going to grasp onto everything that I look into as an ideal, right? Right. But yeah, like like the work that you do with the astrotheology, it's it, it's it's pretty much space based, right? Well, you can is, say yeah. that. Yeah. But then you got those people that say, oh, we're on a flat earth and there's a dome and all these stars and everything are within the dome and it's not out there. So I don't even get into it. I <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm swaying you in a direction you don't want to go. That's okay. I can't even talk to people like that. <laughs> hey, I, actually, I have to actually get going. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I... Uh, really appreciate your time. Um, you want to plug? 
guys. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Micah Dank. Just follow me. Send me a DM. I will send you. And then we'll talk about it. The YouTube channel, Micah Dank Truth Bombs, where basically it's three different playlists. If you go to the first playlist is my interviews. This, or there might be a my first interview. It's my first playlist is interview. This is all my astro theology work. And the third one is called short bombs, which are two to six minute videos where I just try and blow your mind with stuff that you read about. And then I have my book series called into the rabbit hole by Micah Dank. You can get it on Amazon or you, if you don't like Amazon, a lot of people get them directly signed through me. Like I sign copy directly to you. I do that too. So guys just come over and subscribe and come see what I'm all about. That's awesome. Do you have a link tree at all? No, I don't have a link tree. Okay, so I will do the work and put the uh, links in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for your time, man. I had a blast, and I hope you did too. I hope you, uh, you know, didn't have to. You could like let loose on this one and didn't have to present anything except for yourself and what you do. And I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, we'll talk. We'll talk in the future. And uh, uh, stay cool, brother. Have a good one. I will, man. Let me know when this goes out. Cool. Later. Later, man. So, Nigel, what do you think about uh, that Micah Dank interview or, or, you know, shoot the shit session? Oh, you know, Micah, Micah really, uh, he's really uh, into some really weird, wacky shit, you know? What is it, uh, astro, uh, theology? Astro theology? Yeah, astro theology. Yeah, he said it, right? Yeah, you know, uh, I would encourage people to look into his work and, uh, you know, blow your fucking mind. Pop those brains like champagne corks, you know? You know those, uh, cork soakers? Uh, those corks will come out of your brain and shoot to the top and, uh, explode with braingasms. Nigel, what are you talking about, dude? Oh, you know, Nigel's just going ham, you know, don't worry. Anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Micah Dank, and uh, we encourage you to hit up the Patreon and uh, tip us monthly, you know. Energy in, energy out, you know. If you enjoyed the show and all the work that Davy and I do, please, Subscribe to the Patreon and give us your hard-earned cash. Nigel, don't be greedy. Not greedy, Davy. Not greedy. Just, you know, wanting to get a little bit back in return, so to speak, you know. But anyway, uh, give us a five-star review on Apple and five-star star on Spotify. Very much appreciated. It's the least you can do without giving us your money. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good uh, way of thinking, there, Nigel. Good go, good go. Yes, I know I make good good. But anyway, Davy, you go to sleep now because uh, you have to work in the morning and do your matrix job. That I do. Thank you very much, Cartel, for listening, and we will see you next time.